so this oh. is episode 43 of both laugh the dying scene quarantine chat show <laughs> as always i am jay stone and i don't know how we made it to 43 episodes but people that are really cool keep saying yes to talking to me so yeah we'll keep doing it for as long as uh people want to do it uh i am thrilled to be joined by today's guest you know her you love her she's been in bands for the last 15 years uh she's got a new um solo ep that we'll talk about at length Susie moon thanks for doing this oh thanks for having me jay it feel i feel like like a talk show host when i do an intro like that and it makes me You're feel great at it, super though. weird but yeah I, <laughs> I, 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 just, I hear you but you have to have an intro because it's like this is it this is yeah. the start let's get everybody you know well i started like a year well it's 14 months ago now, I think doing these and we were just doing them over Instagram live because I thought it was sort of a interesting thing. I didn't have to put much thought or effort into it, which is yeah. usually the way that I want to do things. But then <laughs> uh, like people's Wi-Fi would suck or people's Instagram would drop out or they'd get frozen. And so doing them over Zoom became a better idea. And then I said, well, if mm-hmm. I'm going to do them over Zoom, then I should do like a podcast. And then mm-hmm. I became... I'm a 40 year old bearded white guy. So of course I have a podcast. And of course, of course. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I feel like, um, you know, you have to go through that, you know, to get to where you are now. And there is success with the show. People love the show. But I did the same thing when I started this Rockin' Closet yeah. show, uh, like earlier this year. And same thing. I was like, cool, Instagram Live, one right. hour of my life, right. you know, no editing involved. And then I lost an entire episode because of someone's bad connection, you know, and you're like, shit, it's not worth it to waste that time. Somebody else's time too, right, right. you know, to get on and to chat with you and stuff. Yeah. So then you're like, now you're getting ring lights. Now you got the intro. Now you're editing. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it's taken on a life of its own. Yeah. I definitely, if people scroll back through the uh, archives, you'll notice that episode eight is missing. That's because uh, that was uh, Miguel from Teenage Bottle Rocket. And we, yeah. had a, we had a great conversation about yoga and spirituality and meditating mm-hmm. and like staying sane during COVID. And cool. uh, when I went to save it, I was paying attention to something my daughter was saying. So I wasn't paying attention to my phone and I'm an airhead yeah. and I fat thumbed it and it disappeared. So oh, we, it oh, was a good conversation. Hurts. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. 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 yeah it's so like the, the missing soul episode. rips out. Yeah. Um, so, so thanks for doing this. The way that I start most episodes, and I guess I'll keep doing it because we keep going back into these sort of, uh, lockdown increased restriction things. I was hoping we'd be done with that by now, but, um, when I started doing this, it was to talk to people that had had plans that were canceled during COVID, uh, and then sort of pivoted to people that were doing things to stay connected and stay creative and, uh, and all that during COVID. So how has the last, what would the last year and a half have looked like for you if COVID hadn't happened? Where do you think, like, what did you have lined up and where do you think you'd be now? Yeah, well, it's interesting because nothing in my life tends to go as planned anyway. <laughs> right, right. Uh, try as I might to, to lay really good plans. The universe is like, no, 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 no. We're going to do it this way instead. Right. You know, so last year, 2020, which is like almost like the year that didn't happen. Right. right? It's so weird because I'll think about, you know, 
I, I go back to 2019 because it's the last year I remember things happening, <laughs> right. you know, right. Uh, it's such a trip, but I was playing with a band called LA Machina. Right. We were a three piece kind of heavy stoner rock band. And we had an album recorded, finished. We were supposed to go to Europe for July and August. And then of course that all got canceled, you know, and then that band split up by October. So even if we had done that tour, you know, or whatever. I think that band was always meant to be short-lived yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that was just the nature of the group and the, the personalities involved. Like now that I look at it from the other side, it's like, shit, well, I'm glad we didn't go too much farther into that because it <laughs> oh, would have right. been a yeah. lot more work to clean up at the yeah. end. Yeah. You know, but I, I mean, I was having a great time with that band and it was really cool for me to do something different playing bass you know that's not my main my main instrument you know and even just not being really the front person but kind of just like getting in the pocket chilling back and like hanging out that was really fun for me yeah that's a very different responsibility for you yeah it's like way less responsibility well right (laughs) (laughs) and I loved it you know and I was having a really good time with that but shit just fucking happened the way it happened and I had to roll with the punches and we were already, you know, totally in, in lockdown and stuff. And October was like, well, there were no touring opportunities. I was a little bit confused as to what my next move was going to be. But, and here's one of those magical things. Like um, last August, I went into the studio with Davey Warsop from Sharp Shock. He's an mm-hmm. old buddy of mine from sure. when he was in Beat Union and I was in Civette. Oh, okay. We did a tour together, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so we go way back and we've been talking about recording together for ages. And I was like, well, shit, I've got these songs. They're definitely not Ellie Machina songs. They're totally not Turbulent Heart songs. Cause like for me, like as a songwriter, you know, like you want things to match the certain project that you're in, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's not that these are softer in any way. It's just maybe more for me, it was a step like, out of like the crazy girl thing of turbulent yeah, hearts that I, right. I felt really, really stuck in, you know? And then for LA Machina, that had to be like a certain level of like hard, you know, kind yeah, of rock yeah. stuff. Right. So like, Davey, let's just do that. Let's do that record that we talked about. I've got 10 songs and um, I don't know, I'll just, I'll put them on SoundCloud or something. It'll yeah. be great, <laughs> you know? And then, and then Ellie Machida fell apart and I started chatting with Veek at Pirates Press and she was like, well, send me these songs that you have, you know, and I sent her some of the songs and they were like, we love them. Let's do this. And I'm like, oh, shit. And they're like, let's do an EP first before oh, okay. the full length. Right. And I was like, OK, I had had songs that I had done basic tracks with Ricky Sticks, like another batch of songs that were maybe going to be Ellie Machina songs, but never made it that far, you know, and so those three songs that were already mostly done those became call the shots and then i i kept working with davy to finish the 10 song full length you know okay. and it was like oh shit all of a sudden i went from being in one band and having that my main <laughs> priority right to all of a sudden i guess i'm doing the solo thing i thought about for a long time but didn't really have the guts to do yeah. you know like it just it just it kind of like it just became time instead of me being like, this is my grand scheme. You know, it was like, Oh no, I guess we're just doing this because I didn't have turbulent hearts anymore. And I didn't have LA Machina. And it was like, but I am Susie Moon. So (laughs) let's just do this shit and see what happens. And the response was like really, really, really positive, you know? And 
I got an amazing new band, a killer backup band, like, and I didn't even have those guys when I did the music video for Special Place in Hell. Like the first single off of, I was just making shit up as I went along. (laughs) It was like, okay, I got a label, check. There's a vinyl coming out, check. Totally wouldn't have planned for any of this. And then it was like, I need a music video. Great, I'll do a music video. And then I did the second music video. Still had never played with my backing band. I just kind of like started, you know, talking to them and working out like who I wanted to be in this band with, you know? Yeah. And like now we just released the third single and I have my band and we're fucking tight. And it's really (laughs) exciting, you know, for even in this like last year, how much that has changed. And now there's like a real crew behind my songs instead it was just me kind of like making shit happen with what i had available to me which is a a lot like i've operated that way many times you know in music you kind of just have to go with the flow and say yes first and figure out details later right you know but like shit we're about to go on tour in september just a little tour you know and then another mini tour in november and then we're gonna do a full u.s tour in april fingers crossed just gonna say fingers crossed yeah yeah, that we're allowed to go anywhere you know but now again i'm laying down plans and we'll see what surprises show up along the way but i don't know i never would i just yeah i had no clue any of this was coming does it feel different having uh, a physical product out that's just your name at the top versus Turbulent Hearts, for example, because I mean, you were the face of and the voice of Turbulent Hearts. So it seems like that's mm-hmm. a Susie Moon project, but now this is just Susie Moon. Does it feel different having like having called the shots? Again, I feel like a talk show host. They can, I should superimpose it. Hey, look. Right? Does it feel <laughs> you different? You can win this vinyl or a brand new dishwasher. Right. Like, Except they're not getting that because that's mine and I have to keep it. Uh, does it feel different having it come out and it's just your name? Is it more pressure or is it more gratifying or both? It's definitely both. It's like mm-hmm. this weird mix of both. You know, um, there's another level of anxiety involved with like <laughs> putting your name on it. Whereas yeah. like Turbulent Hearts, maybe most people didn't know that those were like my songs and like this kind of thing. Like it was essentially the Susie Moon project with training wheels on it, Yeah, yeah. you know, where I was just kind of getting comfortable fronting a band after Savette, bringing my songs to other people, having them help me get better and make them better, you know, but like always with the vision, you know, like the vision is a big part of music for me. It's like, I love to come up with the concepts and the videos and the whole package. Cause I think that's very, stimulating and exciting and it's what draws me to certain artists you know like when they have you know the you know something fun to look at too you know but definitely when you're doing that it's like well if somebody doesn't like it they're literally calling you out by name (laughs) right right you know and that is that's scary it's definitely scary you know but it's really empowering too because i'm 32 now which might not seem like like, I know it's not old, but I've been playing music since I was 14, 15, right, right. you know? So it's like, it's like, I'm finally fucking 32, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like it took forever to get here right. and you have to go through a lot of failures and a lot of scary moments to like have the confidence to just be like, well, you know what? I honestly don't really give a fuck if anyone likes it anyway. You know, um, I want people to, right. but at the end of the day, I just have to write 
the music that comes through me. And, you know, that's to me, that feels like, like my gift is something I have to work on all the time, you know, and want to, and like, it comes naturally to me. And it's like, yeah, you do it less and less for like approval of other people and more just like shit, you know, fuck hell. Yeah. I want to look super sexy on the cover of my record. Why? <laughs> right. Cause it's my record. Right. Mm. You know, and I'll be, I'll be 80, you know, and laughing, yeah. you know, and like bringing all the little great, great grandchildren around and be like, let me show you how cool that was. Right. You know, at least that's the idea is that like, you're trying to at least create something that you're proud to call like your legacy, you know? So if I'm not doing things that are scary for me or trying new things or going sure pirates press, I will make all those things happen and I will get them done on time. Yeah. You know, like yeah. all of that shit, you know, that's, that's like really like the, the joyful part of the journey is like making shit happen yeah. when you're not really exactly sure, you know, it's like fun. Well, and I feel like, especially over the last year or year and a half to have a project like that, that you can really sort of dive into and, and keep yourself going is huge. Totally. Yeah. Um, thank goodness. Like I'm very, <laughs> very grateful yeah. to have something to keep me busy, you know, like even just over here, um, let me see if I can show you guys really quick. I have my little setup because, well, I'm kind of broke right now, but that doesn't mean I can't repurpose old patches. And like, I made a stencil to oh, make yeah, yeah, yeah. little lightning bolts and I'm going to make handmade Susie moon patches, you know, because I mean, I'm still doing a lot of stuff DIY right, just out of necessity, right. you know, and there's a time and a place to get really sexy embroidered patches with a dope logo right. you know but i'm playing a festival in september and i think that other punk rockers appreciate a little handmade something too you know so it's like having little projects like that yeah, yeah. or like coming up with the artwork for call the shots you know and and setting up the photo shoot and like having a vision and then knocking it out and then worrying about the mixes and the mastering and like booking things and being yeah. your own manager and social media manager and all of that stuff. It's like a full-time gig. It really, really is. And I'm way too much of a control freak to let anybody <laughs> do any of it for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you've got a good situation. Um, it's rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The songs that you picked for call the shots, it, the three songs that are on there, you said you recorded yeah. what, like 10 all together with Davey. So there's 13 okay. total that are done. Three of those are called the shots. And then there's 10 that were for a record. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird timeline, honestly. Yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't believe it. The first thing I started recording was these three songs that are on call the shots. Cause they were potentially going to go to Machina. Gotcha. They never made it that far, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So I was like, cool, putting those in a pile. Then separately, I did 10 songs with Davey gotcha. and that's all like self-contained. That's a full length record. Right. But <laughs> I'm going into the studio this weekend and doing three more songs that are e the newest of all of the songs <laughs> that are going to come out before the full length, because then this new idea came about to kind of have like a companion EP okay. to call the shots before putting a full record out there because I am still technically like a newer artist for yeah. people who haven't gotten to know me as Susie Moon or they're like oh I've seen that chick in that band or man she's been around in that band but like to identify with me as a solo artist and recognize me as a songwriter and as a front woman in this way 
I don't know. I thought that doing another little EP and throwing out some singles, you know, just to keep people stoked on the project and then have them bite into a full record. It's totally like, it's like how the bands used to do it in the seventies and the eighties, the early punk Mm -hmm. rock bands where they would do seven inches all the time or a couple seven inches in an EP a year. And then maybe every couple of years, like a compilation and a few new songs and that's a full length. It's totally, yeah. It's a throwback mentality that way. Good. I'm glad that's what I think you're so. thinking of it as. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Pirates Press Records, they've got they've got a really great vision and they help, you know, steer my course. I'm always asking for advice on things and like I trust them yeah. so much because they know what does well, what times of year things do well, you know, and they've been just the most incredibly supportive and encouraging label, like dream label. So, yeah, I think that doing another three songs, it can't hurt you know, and I can't wait. So, so will you have the new band on the new songs? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty exciting. It'll be our first recording together. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm Did so this, excited. I know you, um, the songs that were on call of the shots, we're going to be sort of for LA Machina, but did they change knowing that LA Machina wasn't going to happen? Did the sound of those songs change a little bit? Cause there's, there's a different vibe uh, between yeah. LA Machina and Susie. Yeah. We, did, we switched some stuff up. We definitely yeah. did. So they've got Ricky sticks on them as drums. Yeah. Cause her drums that she laid down were just so good. You know, we were playing together so much and we're still really, really close. She was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, please use those drums. I want them to be heard, you yeah, know? And right. I'm like, great. So now we need to find another way to make them a little less machinified right. and more Susie Moon style, which, you know, I take a lot of inspiration from like Dead Boys and Stooges yeah. and like yeah. a little bit more of that like harder, dirty 77 kind of punk rock. Right. Um, so that's where you'll hear like the little piano note on yeah. I'm Not a Man, you know? Yeah. And um Drew, who plays guitar in my band, he's the lead guitar player. He was, he can play piano, like it actually, you know, <laughs> I cannot play piano. Yeah. And so he, he went to go lay down the little track and we're all like, like, I don't know, it sounds too good. You know, <laughs> like you're, you're on, you're on. Yeah. It's gotta be off just slightly. So I'm right. like, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's go over there. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. And you know, you know, it's not, perfect but like those little weird moments kind of like you know bring an energy to them and and with his guitar playing and changing the solos that and kind of previously there was an idea for and then adding in more of like heavily like steve jones influence kind of like more rock and roll guitar and like fuck i mean i love call the shots that's my little baby but like the second ep (laughs) we're not fucking around you know, like, and yeah, um, all of my players had more room to really, for them to call the shots on how they sound instead of before I was just kind of making it work, you know, I'm like, oh shit, can you fix the guitars and we'll leave my bass on and Ricky's drums and take off these backing vocals. We need to make it harder, more masculine, you know? So it was really just kind of, it wasn't like I went in there and was like, this is a Susie Mooney P who was like, Oh shit. I have a lot of tracks. (laughs) We're going to turn it into one. But this second one is really start to finish recording process, like a more realistic example of like what we are as a, as a live band, as a real band now. So it's, it's really exciting. 
Well, the little, um, I know you're doing like a long weekend sort of run, including Camp Punksylvania, which sounds like yeah. it's going to be a good time. I, I'm working that weekend, so I can't. Oh, it's, it's one of those things where I sort of feel like I live close enough because I'm in the Northeast that yeah. well, maybe I could do that, but I'm working that weekend. So yeah, uh, sure. Well, Whereabouts be, are you? I live in Massachusetts, just North of Boston. Okay. Yeah. Still just anything past New York to get to Pennsylvania. It's like, it's kind of like a long drive. It's like middle because I just drove to Pittsburgh yeah. a weekend ago. And yeah, it's. Oh yeah. For your, for your adventure. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> Mm-hmm, you have to because you have to drive through the middle of nowhere to get to Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, will that be the first shows for this lineup? Of- it will be. Yeah. So the first one is actually Philly, which yeah. is cool because that's where my dad's from. So it's oh, awesome. very interesting and full circle, yeah. you know, to get to play Philly for the first ever show, especially being an L.A. girl, you know, and but doing a lot of East Coast stuff. And then we'll play Brooklyn, fingers crossed, you know, and then. <laughs> Uh, Camp Pennsylvania. So, and then we go, well, shit, we got a couple crazy weeks. Like we're going to the studio next weekend. Then I go back to LA to shoot the second EP cover and the album cover because art for everything needs to be done and turned in very soon. And then a music video and then coming back, we're going straight to the studio. And then we go on the mini tour and then it's going to be like, all right, tie up loose ends and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. for the two records, you know, and then 2022, if like everything is kind of chill, then it should be a pretty massive year. There should be a lot to do and a lot of shows to play. Do you like doing all the artwork and the the music videos yourself? You do a really cool job and not a lot of people do good music videos nowadays. So do you like Thank doing you. all that yourself? I do. Yeah. Where did that come from? That's been a while that you've been doing that, right? Yeah. So that was like a weird kind of also out of necessity sort of skill that I picked up. But um, after Savette broke up, I was, I was like, just, I just turned 22. I think that's wild to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was always the youngest one in the group, you know, and looking up to everybody, but like, they had just kind of done, like, I, I graduated high school early. There were a lot of things I didn't get to do that are, like, pretty, like, normal yeah. types of things, you yeah. know? And so, mentally, I was pretty fucked. But after, like, eight <laughs> years of touring and not ever kind of being stable, you know? Because when you're on the road so much, and you come back and it's like you're either crashing at someone's place or on a couch or you're back at your mom's house, you right. know? And, like, not keeping, like, a steady job it's just it's kind of weird and I really wanted to like push all of that away and just have a really simple life for a little while so I signed up for community college and I got an apartment in Hollywood and I just started working some job and I was like I have a routine yeah, <laughs> you know yeah right and this this is what I do but I still wanted to do something creative and I've always been interested in acting and movies and I did a lot of acting when I was a kid So I went for filmmaking to LA Community College, the LACC. And that's where I fell in love with editing and actually being on the computer and making all the cuts and stuff and doing really weird like art films. And, you know, they weren't great, but I had so much fun making them and calling my friends in to be like female gangsters in this like (laughs) hotel room heist with the money and the briefcase, you know, stupid like, you know, we've watched a lot of Tarantino films yeah, kind of right, like right. early filmmaker shit, yeah. you know, but I really enjoyed it. And then 
I got the itch to start playing music again. And that's when I put together Turbulent Hearts in like 2014. And a girlfriend of mine, she was dating this guy who was like a professional videographer. You know, he had a nice camera. So he was like, you direct, I'll, I'll shoot it all really nicely. And then you can edit everything. And I was like, wow, we're really doing this. You know, yeah. so we had the lights and, you know, I made the, the storyboard and had the whole thing. And I love directing. I love, cause it's the ideas again. It always goes back to having ideas for how yeah. I want something to look. Right. Um, and yeah. And I was like hooked from that point on, I've made a shitload of videos for turbulent hearts. And even on the few that I haven't, because I've, I've got great friends who are super talented. And I think you should always work with those people too. Cause there are so many people do it better than I do like way, way better. And they've got nice cameras and shit, yeah. you know, but there's something about like a DIY punk video right. that, you know, when it comes to having content on your page and just not spending a lot of money, why, why not just do it yourself? You know, it's like a really powerful tool and, um, yeah, so you'll be seeing more of those always because when I'm when I've only got two hours and my band's all in one place at one <laughs> right. time, I'm like, right. we're making a video. Right. Okay, we're doing it right now. Yeah, you, I mean, it's sort of a blessing and a curse to be doing that in the punk rock scene because, like you said, you're not going to make a lot of money doing it or making big budget videos for somebody else. But uh, you're also in the one scene where you can make a cool ass video by yourself in a couple hours. It, and, oh, yeah, totally. and people are going to think, wow, that's awesome. That's a DIY thing. Like, yeah. so it, it's sort of this weird double-edged sword as a, as a pretend photographer, I sort of get it as a, I are go you to, also a pretend photographer? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretend concert photographer. Yeah. And yeah. Then, I bet you're so much better than you even give yourself credit for. That's probably true. Cause I, in my brain, I still don't know how to use a camera and I've I shot, call myself like a hobbyist yeah. photographer, but I've shot like quite a few album covers. Yeah. You know? I just shot but my like, second or third one. Yeah. Right. So you're legit. I don't <laughs> like know what legit. I'm doing. I literally just made money on something and I won't talk about it because it's not announced yet, but I just made money for yeah. the first time taking pictures of something like for an album cover. How incredible. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah but that's me. Congratulations. That's, I'm not a photographer. I have a camera. I know. But then because I, I have good friends who are really, really good photographers and have mm -hmm. multiple really expensive cameras and they're super artsy mm -hmm. and, and it's awesome. And I always look up to them and I just shot my first show back from quarantine uh, at the beginning of July. And I had to kind of look at, remind myself how to use the camera again. Like, oh, I forget how yeah, to shoot yeah. an indoor show <laughs> and how the lighting is going to affect right? me. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I still, to this day, I can't remember what all the numbers really mean. Cause I don't, I don't like numbers. I don't want to fuck with numbers, but, but I took those classes in school yeah. and I did well on them then, you know, <laughs> but now I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to mess with the ISO. I think it should be lower than the other thing. Yeah. And then it's like, but I, I feel like uh, it's like, it's kind of like recording music, right? You don't have to be the best fucking guitar player. You don't right. have to have the best gear in the right. world. It comes through you, you right. know, and the equipment responds to your energy and if you have a vision and a passion, you know, and a, an eye or an ear for it, right. like you can still create incredible art. And sometimes it's even better because, you know, it's not being taken too, too seriously. You're just doing it for the love of it, right. you know? So, 
yeah, I can't wait to see what you have coming up soon. Like, I want to check that out. Yeah, hopefully I get to shoot shows. Hopefully they still happen because I know there's a few in the fall that I'm looking forward to. But mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's just like it, it's so weird. It we felt- went to Hell and Mega Tour the other night. Oh, yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. And saw Green Day. Fall Out Boy um, had to cancel because somebody in their crew had COVID. Yeah. So they they were off the show. You know, but just being around that many people and being at a concert, like yeah. I had a little like, oh, <laughs> this yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> I definitely, the one, like I went to a show at House of Blues in Boston at the beginning of July and mm-hmm. it started as a fundraiser for a guy who, local scene guy, he played in a bunch of hardcore bands. He was in Bain for a while. And uh, he, he had been sick with pancreatic cancer. So it started as like a fundraiser of a bunch of his friends' bands, Bouncing Souls played, uh, yeah. local band Rebuilder played, and H2O played, Sick of It All played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Bain was going to play, and it was going to be like this fundraiser for him. He passed away the week before the show. So oh, then it became so like it became like this real heavy, and his family was there, and there's like 2,200 kids there. It was like, wow. it was a powerful first show back. It was a little overwhelming yeah. at yeah. times. And like a memorial too. Yeah, it was essentially like awake in some ways, mm-hmm. you know? Like it was scheduled to be a benefit and Bain was going to play for the first time in five years. And they did just without yeah. him. And they had his his bass oh. just like on a stand in front of his cab. And I was like, yeah, Ooh, yeah that's heavy, right yeah. Especially with everything else combined and just those feelings, you know, but what a beautiful night to get to spend with other people and just celebrate him and feel the music together. And I'm sure, you know, wherever he was, like that energy reached him for sure. Because that's just all love. Yeah. It, and you sort of had to shut that part of your brain off that said, remember, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like COVID still a thing out there. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Just let's get through tonight. Let's get through tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I keep saying that all I have to do is get through today. Seriously. Right. Like, you know, if I, if I work out and don't go crazy on my boyfriend and, <laughs> you know, just take care of the little things I have to do. Like and some tiny progress, you know, yeah. like you can only do so much too. Like right now, and probably part of the reason I like didn't really register that today was Tuesday, yeah, day right. of our meeting, right. right? Is because I'm still stuck on Friday. And, yeah. you know, and when the EP came out, I was doing like multiple podcasts a yeah. week. I was on camera for rocking closets. I was doing all this stuff. So it was like, bam, 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 bam. But then, you know, an album's out for a little while and it just right. kind of, fades off you know and i'm already looking towards the next thing but it's like this weird in between time where i'm not so super busy with the musical stuff yeah you know or at least promotion type stuff or press stuff that like my little monkey brain completely forgot (laughs) (laughs) and i went back to watching reno 911 you know and uh so it's just you gotta you know i'm just grateful to have anything to do and that anybody wants to talk to me so thank you for (laughs) Spending some time with me. Today. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. When you, when Savette broke up, because you were just sort of referencing that and that mm-hmm. prompted a question in my head. Um, and you went to, like, went to school and had the, a job and a routine. Were you still playing music at all, even for yourself or writing music at all? Or did you kind of shut that part of your brain off for a while? I did shut it off 
for about only two years, yeah. which seemed like a long time at the time. But now I think about like my life and how that was just such a blip, right. you know, but I actually, I got really into photography at that time. I lived with uh, a couple that were musicians in a band together. So I did a lot of photos for them, went to their shows, but I really like, I didn't see anybody that I knew like from music, you know, and it was kind of weird. It was like, I almost didn't know who I was anymore. Like I was a completely kind of yeah. different version of myself, which I think was actually healthy too, yeah, yeah. Right. you know, cause I started working in television, you know, and being part of like a um, TV show, like crew and stuff. And, you know, it wasn't like, cause sometimes when you're in a band for a really long time, like you sound like an asshole when you're talking about how many times you've gone to Europe, you know, to people, right. to people who don't know what it's like to ever go to Europe and live right. out of a bag in a van, yeah. you know? So I really needed to not be cool Susie for a little <laughs> while and just like get fucking grounded though, you yeah. know, and like, just be really grateful for like friendships and like hanging out and thrifting and like, just like totally normal life stuff. And like, I feel now in my thirties, like I've got a really good balance of things, you know, like I don't live in Hollywood anymore. I don't have any desire to be like out going to shows every night a week. I'd rather go to like more special shows and like really yeah. work on like my, my, like my friendships that it's, it's the quality over quantity kind of thing. And that helps me stay on track, helps me stay focused, you know, I've got my cat, I've got my boyfriend, we <laughs> right. eat really healthy, you know, it's like, right. this actually in turn makes me a better musician, Yeah, right. because I'm not like trying to be everywhere all at once going to everybody else's gig, or whatever, you know, so it's just, um, it was definitely a necessary part of my life. But it didn't last for very long, because I needed a job. And I ended up working at the Redwood in downtown LA. And they've got live music every single night. I didn't know it was a punk rock music venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's a restaurant that has music sometimes. And then it was all of a sudden, all these people that I knew from Civet were coming in right. night after night after night. And then I was watching bands, you know, on stage. And I got fucking very jealous very quickly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I like dusted off my guitar. <laughs> and like, I was like, okay, let's do this, you know? Yeah. Well, and especially when you got into the scene at such an early age, it's almost like, not that it gets out of your system, but when you spend eight years on the road, by the time you're 22, that probably does very different things to you than somebody who started at 20, even, or 25, yeah. or 30 to get into the scene. Oh, totally. Like you've been yeah. there and done that, and you can barely legally drink at that point. I know. And I was a good girl, too. <laughs> it's just, I it's, really was. As somebody who, I mean, I was a fan of Savet years ago and it Thank didn't you. dawn on me at the time. Like yeah. you like to think that, I don't know, it's this weird thing where I always assume that musicians are older than me. Like, mm -hmm. because I, I think of myself as a 14 year old Because they're like up still. there. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then this weird thing happens where it's not just that the bands are your age. It's that now there's people that are like 10 years younger than you that mm -hmm. are out mm -hmm. there play like, A, okay, so I missed that boat entirely. But uh, <laughs> like, but it's it's weird to me that that can even be a thing, you know? And yeah. Savet were one of the first bands. I'm like, well, pretty sure they're all like five or ten years younger than me. And you know how that makes me because yeah, I just had this vision of that you guys must be much older than I was. And then sure. I remember, yeah, learning how old you weren't, and I went, oh, 
<laughs> it's weird. It's okay, blame my sister. She's the one that put me out there. Did um, but you had to also get into it. You know what I mean? Like I did, like kind of. You you had a choice to not necessarily get into punk rock at thirteen yeah. or fourteen years old, and yeah, as I have a thirteen year old now, and so she's like right on that cusp of this is when we all found punk rock and she's like the furthest thing from listening to punk rock is like the 13 14 year olds of this generation and i mean you had the chance to pick something else what Mm -hmm. do you think it like what was it about punk rock was it seeing your sister playing in bands and being involved in the scene did that help or did were you going to (laughs) be in punk rock regardless well i really think that um the freedom of it all, you know, the freedom to be yourself was what drew me in because I, I love Britney Spears and my first concert ever was Hanson, you know, big back. I mean, that's my era, you know, like that's all those bands, those artists were huge when I was in fifth grade and stuff, you know? Um, and I, I still to this day really appreciate pop music and, uh, good Charlotte too, you know, and they, I guess they were kind of like my, they were that, my, they were on yeah. the cusp, yeah. you know, because it was like punk, but like cute and safe. And they were on know? MTV. And, yeah. Yes, exactly. And MTV was such a big part of that right. too. You know, we'd go home and we watch TRL and there'd be good Charlotte and simple plan right. and some 41, you right. know, so that pop punk thing was like a really good gateway for me, you know? Um, and still to this day, I mean, shit, Good Charlotte, their harmonies, like they write really, really deliciously delicious harmonies that like a lot of my singing and style and stuff that I learned early on with like how to do things with my voice, like totally came from that band, yeah. you know? Um, and it was my sister who said, okay, but now you need to listen to Dwayne Peters, yeah. you know, right. and, and the cramp. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, but she, she gave me my first Charlotte CD too. So she's not like completely, <laughs> right. completely right. out here, but you know, you really do have to discover for yourself. And, you know, I loved Murder City Devils. They were probably one of the first punk bands that I like obsessed over, you know, just every single song made me feel like this, like excitement and this, uh, you know, there's like that gritty thing about yeah, them. Yeah. It's kind of dangerous, right. you know? And so, um, shit, yeah. I mean, it was. And that's yeah. the thing that sort of disappeared from the pop punk side of it, right? It's like the pop punk thing was good. And I, I listened to all of that myself, but it didn't mm-hmm. have that sort of dangerous edge mm-hmm. to it. You know, like mm-hmm. the most dangerous thing in a Green Day video is like, ooh, Billy Joel walked by a payphone and took the phone off the hook and is like, oh, he's a badass. And it's like, wait, like <laughs> there's this other side to punk rock too. That's Yeah. Like, and it's like, I might get hurt tonight. Yeah. Right. You know, right. whether it's by someone else's hand or my own hand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like this, like kind of honesty, like that we're like, we you know, at the core, pretty fucked up, you know, yeah, and it's right. like trying to figure out how to just operate in the world and you know an artist's personal you know storytelling of that and that's like what resonates different artists with different people you know is their particular view on that thing but funny story um you know warp tour warp tour was such a big thing you know and i went to every single warp tour religiously and i remember getting a cd sampler from victory records 
I don't know if you sure. remember Victory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And on one side, it had Madcap. Yep. And on the other side, River City Rebels. Now, I don't know if you remember River City Rebels, but they were on Victory and they were like a seven piece, like kind of glam rocky. Okay. Punk rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I want to say my, I had them on a Victory Record sampler myself. <laughs> you did. Yeah. You probably had the same one. It's as probably me, right. right? There. Yeah. Yeah. And I went like ape shit over this band. And they were like, my favorite band. This is, I listen to this record every single day, blah, 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 blah. And then I joined Civet and I'm finally really, really in Civet, you know? And Liza was like, all right, man, we're going on our tour. Are you ready to go on your first tour ever? And I was like, yeah, sure. Who, who are we going on <laughs> tour with, man? Yeah. You know, and she's like, Dwayne Peters, Gunfight, and this band, River City Rebels. And my brain was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> That's amazing. is this what? is this music in music you become friends with the people that you love yeah. like uh, like no way and so i think that really solidified it for me it was like holy shit you you being a musician loving music you meet other musicians because they play music too right. and we all love it you right. know so fast forward to 2021 and the bass player for the Susie Moon Project is Patty Bow, who played guitar in River City Rebels on my first tour ever. Wow. That's amazing. It's like a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool. How did that land on your plate? Facebook keeps okay. people in touch. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> face people, Facebook, you know, kept us in touch over these years. And I've stayed in touch with um, the singer dan as yeah. well you know and like i said i've talked about them in interviews like yeah. my entire career because this one record hate to be loved had such a huge influence on me as a teenager <clears throat> and that when i moved to the east coast last year you know patty bow was like oh shit hey what up and i was like yeah what up you know he's like if you ever need a guitar player and i'm like i don't i have a guitar player yeah i'm like Bro, bro but do you play bass yeah. you know and he's like i can play bass and i'm like <laughs> That's exactly what I said to LA Machine. I was like, yeah, exactly. Play bass. Right. You know, if it's the right project and he's a great bass player, like, oh my God, total fucking bass player, yeah. you know? And so between Patty and then my guitar player, Drew, who is also my boyfriend right. and then our drummer, Sean, who he and Drew, I met them at Punk Rock Bowling in 2019 because they had a dc punk rock band called the split seconds oh yeah yeah, yeah. That, yeah sure that played on the same stage as us you right. know and they i and i went i checked out every band that i was sharing that small stage with because like that's an opportunity to make new friends and stuff right. Right. you know and i was like listening to every band you know and i was like shit the split seconds band rocks but same thing i looked at them and i was like they look kind of young are they <laughs> are they teenagers i don't right. know what's going on here and then i right. met them in person and i was like oh no them some grown-ass boys yeah. and they fucking rock you right. know so fast forward like two and a half years later and now i've got two out of the four split seconds who they're playing um compatibility was already yeah. like so tight you know right. Right. um and they just fucking both totally rip and then patty comes down and it's like we just have this kind of like punk rock pirate kind of like really organic natural like crew vibe right. you know we're like everyone's got experience and we know what we're doing and we're not trying to fuck around anymore it's like right. let's just make great music and get it out there 
and it's probably like you all speak the same language. You know what I mean? So it's easy yeah. for you to probably explain to them what you want to do and how, what sounds you want to get. And you don't have to like have those weird conversations. They all, they all get it. They're good musicians, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. And we have similar, similar influences and, you know, it's great. Cause I can say to Drew, like Drew, make them do the thing because i don't speak the drum i don't speak the drum right now yeah right you know right <laughs> and just having a team mate like in a partner and a crew that like you know like it's so nice to look over and like the three of them are hanging out and i'm like those are my boys you right. know right. and they rule and i'm like really proud to have them behind me you know because you're it doesn't matter i can release as many fucking singles or whatever as i want on my own you're only as good as your band. And I feel so grateful to have like really talented musicians playing with me. And I just, I want people to see it, see it live. And punk rock is a thing that you have to see live. It's there are bands that'll put out music and whatever, but they don't play live. And this is not the scene for that. Like you have to, you have to play. Yeah. Live. And so as good as everything sounds on, on call the shots, especially it's going to be that much better when you have like that cohesive band playing it. I'm excited like for vibing you. off of each other. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. I, I wish I was a little bit further south and or not working that. that yeah, weekend. I know. You know what? We're playing. Well, shit. We're playing in Brooklyn in November again. I don't think we're going up to Boston until next April, but That's... we should be doing a kickoff tour kickoff in Boston. Oh, really? Next April. Interesting. Yeah. There so are, is that we're running know, out of places for people to play in boston mm. unfortunately if if gentrification wasn't bad enough you know covid kind of yeah slammed, slammed the door on a lot of places isn't that so sad yeah there's, there's one or two that are sort of gasping for air but okay but the the i mean so i have friends from like tennessee and when they came here a few years ago to see boston they had never been here before and they know the boston from mm -hmm. like the departed and dropkick sure. murphy's and yeah, i'm yeah. like okay that's not what boston is now and it hasn't There's been so for much 20 years yeah it, yeah but it's also like like it's really mm. gentrified it's really sure. most of it is really safe and yeah. nice and yeah. skyscrapers yeah. now and shit. yeah it's not the way it's, it's weird yeah well same in la you know yeah. i i lived in you know silver lake which is like hipster town now it has been for a long time but I lived in my first apartment in Silver Lake like 15 years ago when it was sketchy as all hell, yeah, you know? Right. And then you go down to Echo Park and like, you know, you got the real Mexican food stands and like everything's dingy and that's how we liked it, right. you know? But they're fucking bulldozing all those old buildings and putting up like fancy, shiny, mirror-y looking yeah. buildings and yeah. throwing a Chipotle in there. It's like Chipotle has no business in Echo Park. Okay. <laughs> like we're good. We're covered. Yeah. Please go away. Right. You know? Um, <clears throat> and it's just, it's not, it's not the same. It's sad because those are areas with so much like culture and history right. for the city, you know, and you just see that wiped out, you know, especially like, well, culture. Yeah. The art and music yeah. scene, that's where it came from mm -hmm. when yeah. it was dangerous. Right. It didn't come yeah. from fancy places with, you know, mm -mm. <laughs> like, I know it's sad. There's a time and a place for that. And I don't mind sitting down on a show sometime now that I'm on the other side of 40, uh, mm -hmm. but still not at a punk rock show. Did yeah. you grow up in Boston? I grew up in New Hampshire. So okay. we had to drive like, an hour to Boston or 
there was a small scene in a city called Portsmouth, which is right on the coast. Um, mm-hmm. There was a small scene there because there was a place called the Elvis Room that was only around for a few years. But that's where all that was like the secondary market for all the punk rock bands. So yeah. we either drove an hour to Boston for all the primary things or an hour to Portsmouth, New Hampshire to the Elvis Room. And now mm-hmm. I think the Elvis Room, I think, is like a pizza. As I wear my Elvis necklace. Exactly. They had <laughs> they had uh, velvet Elvises on the wall. It was a really like cool. cool, like interestingly run place, and all the cool bands played there. But yeah, uh, we didn't really have a scene so much. So <clears throat> we it was either Boston or mm-hmm. or you drive even further to Providence or sometimes to Hartford because yeah, that's that's all we had. Plus, I mean, there were only like eight punk rock kids at my school, so it didn't sure <laughs> didn't matter, you know. You guys like all caravan on one weekend. You're like, my buddy had a Plymouth Reliant station wagon with all sorts of stickers on it. It looked like a NASCAR (laughs) van. And so we would just get in the station wagon and go. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's rad. Yeah. I see. I, I, I was fucking spoiled growing up in LA. It was like every concert ever, you know, just everybody came through there. And um, even just being like in DC now, you know, anytime, like, that's why, you know, we got invited to Hell Megator and I'm telling Drew, I'm like, we're going, yeah. nothing is stopping us. Like, yeah. no, I hadn't, I hadn't considered going before. Cause just the dates didn't line up in my head. Like I didn't really think about it, you know, but as it approached and we got offered to go, I'm like, we have to see a show now yeah. because not as many bands come through here, right. you know? Right. So it's like, you got to see your shows when you can see your shows or I'm driving down to uh north carolina in september to see white reaper like that's a band that i fucking love you know and it's like it's like a five and a half hour drive or something um from dc yeah i'm thinking for yeah no that's like 13 hours but yeah it's so much farther yeah Yeah. so you know but um they like they hardly ever went through la and i've only seen them once before and i'm like it's kind of the closest that they're gonna be yeah you know, but I don't know, maybe it makes those shows a little bit more special when you kind of have to work to get to them. And it's also nice to see the success of a band like the Interrupters opening the Hella Mega Tour at a baseball stadium. That's pretty awesome. I know. Like it was I, amazing. I've known them for a long time and they, yeah, because it took a while for them to play on the East Coast because they, mm-hmm. people just don't necessarily. Uh, and so I think I've seen pretty much every Interrupters show within like, an hour and a half radius of where I am. Oh, that's great. I, I love those guys. That's yeah. Like they, they did deserve such a killer job. Yeah. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah. And that's not an easy gig. No, <clears throat> that's a big fucking show yeah. to perform, you know, yeah. and they did such an incredible job just getting everybody fucking hyped Yeah, and they sounded so good, you know, and uh, yeah. that's a big part it. of it. Right. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I don't want to take up too much of your evening. I appreciate you doing this. This is a, a fun Thank conversation. You, Hopefully people have called the shots. If they don't, I'll link to all of the videos and the places you can buy it. And then we'll okay. stay in touch for when uh, the next EP comes out. Yeah. It'd be cool to do something when we come up and play there. Oh, you yeah. know, I'd love for you to meet the whole band. Absolutely. You know, cause you know, those guys are cool too. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I want, I want you to come and hang out with us. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Let and me... it'll be after the second EP, so. Okay. Okay. Let me, 